0: James Altucher, Angie. Oh, did you ever see that TV show Angie when we were kids? With Angie Dickinson? No. Oh. Um, It was this about. It was a classic was that- sitcom uh, about a woman. It was called Angie, and it was about a woman who. Married, quote unquote, up. She married a rich guy, and it was about her life dealing with that and all his family who hated her. Did you love it? I did like the show actually because I liked the it actress. With? I was just watching, I had a TV in my room. I was a really lonely child. What percentage
1: <laughs> of all TV you've watched in your life would
0: you say you've watched alone? 90%. Isn't that strange? I watched TV last night by myself.
1: No, I think, th- I, Mr. I think Selfridge. it's actually. <laughs> oh, did you like it? Really?
0: Yeah, yeah, I yeah. like Mr. Selfridge.
1: Um isn't it strange though that a TV which originally was thought of as the family bonding unit in the living room has turned out to be uh, such a solitary pursuit I'm not saying that's good or bad I just think it's kind of interesting
0: Well I think it starts that way and then kids of course being you know manipulative little bastards demand you and more your and more kid movement <laughs> they they demand more and more TV in their room until I'm finally your kids
1: don't listen to question of the day
0: uh, they don't actually. Yeah, um, if they did. You wouldn't be so mean. But they to them. know they know how I am, and they know that I love them. But kids really want TVs in the room because they don't. At some point, they, don't, they want to spend less time. Just have their... an iPad.
1: Does anyone still have a TV in their room?
0: Um, Does anyone in the world still own a TV? I don't know. I use. I have an iPad Pro now, which is 12.7 inches. I kid, or whatever. a lot of people have TVs, but I I use the iPad Pro, which is so huge, it's like a TV.
1: Anyway, Angie, probably not the same Angie, but Angie, who is known as at Angie underscore LK, I believe, and her, her proper Twitter name is Life with Angie. Angie says, I have a question for both Steven and James. Would you ever eat bargain sushi? James, you can go first. Would you eat bargain sushi? You eat sushi.
0: Yeah. I would definitely eat bargain sushi. <laughs> Uh, I love sushi. <laughs> I love
1: that there's no pause first, whatsoever. First, every time we, every time you we go have enough t- money to not have to buy bargain sushi, so why do you want to?
0: Well, I don't necessarily want to, but like if I'm really hungry and I'm passing through a deli, you know the deli has like bacteria all over the place, and yet I'll buy sushi there. I've bought sushi there before. Look, I'll tell you other things. Uh, can I Pe- just interrupt people you? People eat raw eggs. People eat like the egg yolk. That's raw. I eat raw bacon, and I love it. Is that true? Yeah. What do you love uh, it?
1: How do you eat it? Just out of the. Out I'll of the,
0: slice it up right out of the refrigerator. Just Out of the package. Aaron. Yeah.
1: You know one thing and about I love bacon. Love the fat. The one thing about bacon that really surprises me is how long has bacon been sold. In grocery stores, in that plastic package, fifty years probably nobody's come up with a better package for bacon. It's a ridiculous what would be a package. package,
0: huh? What would be a better package? Okay,
1: so for a while there was a better package. I think um, Oscar Mayer may have made it. It was basically a plastic tray with a snap lid, so you could just snap it, yeah, take more out a couple pieces. Of, of course, it's more expensive. But there's this ridiculous bacon packaging format that everybody follows which is this outer diaper layer bag of thick plastic that you cut, and then you have to get your hand under the slab and slide it out because there's no real way to, unless you cut the whole thing like a surgeon. Well, And then it's sitting on this kind of layer of soggy old cardboard, and then do you cook a whole pound of bacon at once? Probably not. And then you need to return three-quarters or seven-eighths of a pound to what? to well, some well, weird diaper
0: plastic again. Let me ask you a question. You're an economist. The more I I'm bet not I bet you an economist. I bet you the more something is a commodity and bacon is a commodity, the worse the packaging is. Am I right or wrong?
1: That is a great question. The more something
0: like, is Like apples a have no packaging.
1: Well, that's a little bit. Oil a little bit of a- comes
0: in these huge barrels when you have to drive to a gas station and you know, use eighty-year-old equipment mm, to fill up your tank. I don't think
1: this conversation makes any sense at all. You're saying that because pork bellies are literally a traded commodity that they're packaged worse, yes. than if they're
0: because you know why uh, for the obvious reason, which is that their margins are like pennies, and so the packaging has to be cheap as possible. Yeah,
1: but it's the consumer-facing version of the commodity. I, I, it like doesn't a make diamond, any sense.
0: like a diamond ring at Tiffany's will have much fancier packaging. It doesn't make any sense to me. Bacon.
1: Look, hey, do you know? Okay, when's the last time you drank milk?
0: Uh, I hate at home, milk. do you ever pour it out? Do you no. ever eat cereal? You like cereal? I don't put it in my cereal. I don't put it in my coffee. I hate right. milk. When's
1: the last time that someone you know drank milk?
0: Probably yesterday.
1: Okay, now what kind of um,
0: container did it come like in? Like a paper container.
1: Okay, and how did you open the paper container?
0: Ugh, those are the worst. No, 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 no. Do you no. have to like open that triangle no, thing it and used it, like to be. Riffs? Okay, so
1: plainly, you're not a milk drinker. Yeah. It used to be that way. <laughs> yeah. You had to. There's that heavy wax coated paper which is a which is a difficult to recycle thing because it's a multi-layer thing and you had to like grab it and crunch it and extend it and make this pouring spout which failed a lot of times and it got sloppy but then several years ago many milk cartons and many orange juice cartons which were the same construction got replaced with a little twist cap right so you see do you ever buy a 64 ounce cardboard thing of orange juice do you drink orange juice
0: yeah. Not a clear plastic, yeah, but the cardboardy right, one. Okay.
1: What's it got? It's got yeah. the screw top, right? It took 40 years to get the screw top, and it happened. It's got to be more expensive than the fold-it-out-yourself milk uh, spout.
0: Maybe. I don't know. I okay, think maybe, I think plastics right, have gotten cheaper and cheaper because that has become a commodity.
1: Okay, so if that can happen for milk, why do we not have for the bacon package the same kind of consumer friendliness that we have for the milk and orange juice package?
0: I think we do. I think, again, you have a commodity that's surrounded by the cheapest possible packaging to... You know, orange juice and milk require orange, something orange sturdy enough. Orange juice is
1: a commodity just like uh, yes, pork bellies but are it require,
0: but you don't want to leak it, so it requires, like, okay, paper and a little bit of plastic to keep yeah, it going. Yeah, but at least
1: they're thinking of the people who are going to buy it and use it by making it easier to pour and easier to reseal. And I, fresher, by the way.
0: I would argue because plastic and paper are also commodities that their prices have declined so much that they're interchangeable. Yeah, I totally don't buy your explanation. Right. but.
1: Again, it, uh, and we didn't a, mean a, to talk about bacon. We actually meant to talk about bargain sushi. So you're saying if you walk by a deli, and they've got uh, what's your favorite kind of sushi, like a salmon roll or
0: okay tuna, which is usually cooked anyway? Uh, is it really? Yeah, tuna's cooked in sushi. Room? Oh, oh. No. No, 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 no! You're right. Eel, Eel's is my favorite eel. kind. of oh, eel! Cooked. Yummy eel.
1: Okay, so let's pretend it's tuna though, which is raw. Okay. And you walk by the sushi. You walk by the deli near your apartment, and you see it's got um, a pack of, you know, um, twelve pieces of tuna roll. Yeah,
0: and I just want to quickly buy something, bring it up to my and apartment, it says, eat it.
1: Sale, four dollars. Yeah. You're gonna buy that tuna.
0: I've never, I've never met somebody who got sick from sushi, for instance. Uh, maybe I'm. Uh, maybe I don't know enough people. Maybe I just die. I, I, food poisoning itself seems relatively rare in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it's happened. And to we should once say in food my
1: poisoning life. and other, and there are
0: other things that you can get from food, salmonella, right? whatever. Yep. Um, and look, I eat other things raw, like raw eggs, raw bacon, steak tartare, tuna tartare. So in general, it seems like things are all these. Food regulations have you're such an things.
1: anarchist lately. No, no, anything I, that starts with an F, you're against.
0: No, here I am actually pro all the regulations. Oh. Like, I think things have been clean enough that they over they actually do overkill. And so, if something's bargain, you know, like, I wouldn't eat sushi that's been open and exposed to the air for like three weeks, that seems disgusting. But if it's like been taken care of and it just happens to be two days old, so it's now in the bargain rack, I have no problem. And what if you find that same
1: pack of sushi on the sidewalk? Let's say someone bought. Mm-hmm. No, it. that I wouldn't do. <laughs> it's unopened, though.
0: I wouldn't Someone do. it. I wouldn't it. eat anything off the sidewalk. Period. Okay.
1: So you have your, even though you do lie down on the sidewalk. By the and way, pretend I don't think it's be,
0: in health, unhealthy. I just wouldn't do you it. You just not don't like yeah. sidewalk food. I, I, I don't. The preference. I don't think it's bad to watch horror movies, but I don't really like watching them for myself. I see. Mm-hmm. Stephen and I have this one under control, but I'm gonna grab our QOD magic eight ball just in case. We'll be right back. Hi, everybody. This is David Gregory, and I want to tell you
1: about my new podcast, The David Gregory Show. It is that easy to remember. And it's me talking to all sorts of really interesting people, getting them off their regular script into deeper, more personal conversations, like Ariana Huffington about parenthood.
0: I think especially for mothers, they take the baby out and they put the guilt in. Or Bravo TV's Andy
1: Cohen on being less afraid.
0: Look, I'm a single gay dude on a late-night talk show. If I can't overshare, who can?
1: We'll have a new program every Friday. So go to iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast app and download The David Gregory Show and eavesdrop on really cool conversations. Thanks for listening. Do you know what share of food that is bought, not produced, but purchased in America gets thrown away?
0: Uh, My guess is 50%. It's
1: about 50. Isn't that remarkable?
0: I know. I'm only saying that because for me, it's probably about
1: 50%. Unbelievable. Um, When you think about, and again, this is the stuff that actually gets all the way to the end of the food chain that people pay money for, and we still throw away about 40 or 50% of it, which indicates something about the cost of food, the relative cost of food, how it can't be relatively too dear for most people that we throw away so much of it. also shows how hard it is to solve the problem of famine where it exists because famine is not a the the function of not being enough food it's the function of you know political dysfunction that doesn't allow um the food to be bought and sold right at, at, at prices but um but to me that's a remarkably right, that's the whole
0: thing like oh don't throw that out somebody in war-torn whatever can eat it no it's not like i'm gonna set up send a fedex to afghanistan and some poor kid is gonna eat my mcdonald's french fries like that like i never understood that whole thing well i think it was synecdoche who's synecdoche synecdoche not to be confused with schenectady which is where i was which, by the way i was confusing with that were since you i knew you were born there
1: synecdoche and metonymy synecdoche what? is when one thing stands for the whole
0: Right, Why, Where are these words coming from? Do you make up these words before the podcast? I, I, I means synecdoche. what? Synecdoche. <laughs> what the
1: heck? All right. Let, let, let's move on. You know, people can look up synecdoche if they want. And metonymy. It's a uh,
0: cousin. But anyway. What does metonymy mean? Just because this is such <laughs> that I have to hear it. <laughs> metonymy
1: is the substitution of the name of an attribute or adjunct for that of the thing meant. For example, suit for business executives or the track for horse racing. So it's just kind of a vocabularistic heuristic. Do you like that idea more?
0: I think we've got to quit while we're ahead. What's I think the- we're behind. <laughs>
1: Synecdoche is a figure of speech in which a part is made to represent the whole or vice versa, as in Cleveland won by six runs, meaning Cleveland's baseball team. That's a terrible example. But what I mean by that in this case is your mother didn't mean literally that those french fries were going to feed someone it meant like you know it's be
0: respectful of the food you have
1: yeah and theoretically it teaches you that any individual's choices can have an influence on the larger outcome which i think is a very debatable question but a question that's really all right worth wrestling with as a child but here's the thing you would eat bargain sushi you wouldn't eat it off the sidewalk here's a question i've had for years And I wonder what you think, um, how this would work out. So I know that people who really know a lot about sushi are masters in their way. And I know that the preparation of good sushi is extraordinarily time and knowledge intensive. And I've seen Jiro
0: dreams of sushi, and I loved it, and I like sushi. That was a great movie, not about sushi, but about the pursuit of excellence. Agree. But, man, you didn't want to be his son or his number two or three or four because... Sometimes the pursuit of excellence as they show in the movie requires sacrifices that not necessarily everybody would make.
1: Well spoken. So, here's my question. I get it and I understand it and I even sometimes pay for it. I've eaten a few meals where you pay a lot of money for really thoughtful, careful um, preparation and design and creation of sushi. But, here's my question. Do you think that what we call sushi-grade fish is a real thing for the average consumer,
0: so... No, I think sushi is like wine. I think most people can't tell the difference between... uh Let's say you could tell the difference between the 1% worst and the 1% best. But I don't think most people could tell the difference between the 20% worst and the 80% best right. on sushi, wine, and, pro- and probably a million other so things. So let's say we did a
1: blind taste test where we go into a supermarket that sells sushi that they've prepared there. And let's say there's salmon sushi, right? Just sushi. And then in that same supermarket, they sell salmon for, I don't know, what does salmon cost? $15 a pound maybe? Okay. Do you think that if you took the same salmon, and it was the same temperature, et cetera, et cetera, and sliced it in exactly the same way that the sushi salmon is sliced and prepared. And you put it on the rice with the vinegar and blah, 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 all just the same. And let's say it costs then per unit about, what, 10 times more, right? Because for eight pieces of sushi, you'll probably pay, what, $10, $8? Which is how many ounces of sushi? Maybe a tenth to a fifth of a pound, maybe? And then you can buy a pound of salmon from the fish counter for probably $15. So the per unit price of the new non-sushi grade sushi, uh, non-sushi oh. grade. <laughs> I, uh, is this, do I need my calculator to listen to you? All right, so you get the gist. We've prepared it. How many people out of 100, let's say, do you think would actually prefer the 10 times more expensive fish?
0: Zero. Having made
1: sushi well, in my life. Odds and, are that um, th- th- at least th- th- 49, roughly. Having
0: thrown a dinner party where I made all the sushi, I could clearly tell you nobody knew the difference between my horrible sushi and the filler sushi I had bought in advance to mix in with my own sushi, so it looked like I made quite a lot of sushi. So you buried the lead. you know how to make sushi? I, I do know how to make sushi, or I did then. Will you teach me? I will. We'll have to, have to come over for dinner after this uh, podcast. But
1: can we do it with like the cheapest fish we can buy from the supermarket?
0: Let's go to the... Super, let's go to... I don't know what the cheapest store in New York is. Let's just go to the deli and buy Like key salmon. food, maybe. Yeah, let's go, let's go buy some salmon. and has been let's, frozen let's like respond, eight times. Let's respond to the key food lawsuit after this podcast, and <laughs> I will make you sushi, and we'll see if you could tell the difference. And I'm going
1: to take that sushi, and
0: I'm going to um, eat some of it, but then... The other half,
1: I'm going to let it sit for a couple days and then put it on um, 50% discount, and then you'll eat it. Deal. (laughs) Last thing, don't forget to subscribe to Question of the Day on iTunes. And while you're there, take a second to rate the show or write a review. And be sure to catch the next Question of the Day, which will go something like this.
0: All right, so listen. I asked the... Facebook group called Choose Yourself. Never heard of him. To come up with questions for this particular question of the day. So there's a couple of good ones. Um, Here's one from Harlan Cohen. How good?
1: Harlan Cohen or Harlan Coben? Harlan Cohen. Not Coben. Not Coben. Harlan Coben's a very fine thriller writer. This is not him. Very
0: tall man. This is not him. Okay. No, Harlan Cohen. Cohen. How, How good are you at rejection, and what are your secrets for being great at rejection, facing it, overcoming it, getting comfortable with it?